Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Hello, it's Britton. I'm recording on Monday, March 20th, under the dark moon in Pisces. It's a few hours before the spring equinox. And it's time for a dark moon download. I'm feeling a little bit nervous-sided about this one. Um... I really want to talk about Saturn and Pisces because, no doubt about it, the planet Saturn and its relationship to the way of being that we call Pisces has been such a huge theme this lunar cycle. And it will also continue to be a theme as long as Saturn is in Pisces for the next two plus years. And... Both of these archetypes are so important to me. I'm nervous-sided because I'm both really excited to spend time with them and talk about them with you and honor them with you. And I'm noticing that I have a little bit of a scared inner child who's afraid I'm not going to do a good enough job. So... She can just hang out with us, and that's okay. (laughs) Um, Sweet, sweet inner children that we have that are worried for us, you know? So what I'd like to do here is help myself and help you really feel into this big invitation that we've had this last month to think about Saturn and its relationship to the Piscean sign. What are these relationships? What does it mean when they come together? What does it light up in you? What does it want you to know? And this episode really is a question, not an answer. It's many questions. And I hope that in the contemplation, the musing, the questioning, little doors open for you and for me that help us as we continue on with Saturn and Pisces. So before I begin, in case this is your first time listening to a Dark Moon episode, let me just define that briefly so you know what I'm talking about. And then I'll share a little bit about the astrology to ground us in what's going on. (laughs) And then I'm just going to roll with whatever wants to move through. I've been talking a lot about this this last month, so I have a lot that's like fresh, but I'm not sure how it wants to unfold and in what order. I'm just going to let it flow. So the Dark Moon download episodes that I do now and then, calling in more consistency in 2023, Um, the idea is that 
the dark moon window is those last few days of a lunar cycle from new moon to new moon about we have about 28 days where we're inside a cycle of experience where we're learning about facets of ourselves This, uh, you, you can disagree with this being a thing, <laughs> but I have found it to be a thing since I've been tracking lunar cycles and living lunar cycles, and I'm not alone in sensing that it is a thing. So if you're new to lunar cycles, you can play with this as a, as a, as a possibility. And at the beginning of a lunar cycle, when the sun and moon are in the same sign and they hit the exact degree, the moon moving much faster than the sun. So the moon comes up to the sun, there's the new moon at that particular degree of a sign, and then the moon keeps moving around the sky, going through all of the signs, about two and a half days per sign, and then comes all the way back to the sun, but then the sun's in the next sign Usually, we're about to have a cycle where we're going to have a new moon in Aries and then another new moon in Aries because there's more days the sun is in a sign than there are days that there's a lunar cycle. So once every, I don't know, year and a half or so, I'm not sure exactly, there'll be two new moons in one sign. But usually it's just the sun, the moon catches up at the sun and it's now in the next sign over. And like so, we, we knock on the door of every sign inside of ourselves because we are all 12 signs. They were all around us when we were born and they're all in our chart, whether we have placements in a sign or not. So the dark moon then is those three some days before we hit the new moon, the so we're in the end of a cycle when we're talking about the dark moon. For me, um, for some people, a new moon really isn't celebrated until you have a visible waxing crescent. But since I'm an, I follow astrology, I, I think of the new moon as um, a time when they come together, even though we still can't see the, the moon yet. So it's technically still dark in the sense that we don't see a moon in the sky at this time. But symbolically, what I like about the dark moon period is I feel ancient with experience. We're ancient with experience around certain invitations because we've been living with them for a month. We, we may still have insights that haven't rolled in yet about those experiences, but a lot has come forward since the initial invitation. So at the new moon, we can like feel the invitation. We have these knocks. We can like psychically ask, like project ourselves forward into time and like feel what the invitation is going, going to be before it's even there. But we haven't had all the experiences yet, you know. I think it's super fun to to talk about the new moon and to feel into those kinds of forecasts. Um, and I share those on Instagram and here or there. And I really love to talk at the end of the cycle because then I feel like I've been sitting with so much. I just want to talk about all of it and share it. Um, yeah, so the dark moon is, a, is, a, is this window of time when we're like old with a cycle. And here at this point, I like to disseminate and let go of what has been accumulating into my field and trust that it will be a support to someone else. So in this case, we have been talking about a lunar cycle that began with the sun in Pisces and the moon in Pisces a month ago. 
And that lunar cycle began very close to Saturn at the end of Aquarius. So it was a new moon with strong Saturnian vibes, even though Saturn was not in the same sign. It was still very close in the sky to the new moon. So Saturn was present at the initial invitation. And then over the course of this lunar cycle, Saturn moved into Pisces. And that's where Saturn is now and will continue to be to spring of 2025 and then again late 2025 into 2026. So it's a huge window of time for all of us to be understanding more about Saturn as a teacher in terms of Saturn want how it wants to express and help us in the sign of Pisces. So I want to share with you what has been coming forward for me since the new moon and like really started coming in strong when Saturn moved into Pisces. This is a powerful time for me um, personally, being a Pisces sun. This is going to be a period when Saturn is in the, the sign and house of my sun, um, which only happens for us every 27 to 30 years. And um, the last time this happened, my, my dad died when Saturn was on my son. So I've known that since I found astrology. I first found astrology in fall 2017. And I initially was an autodidact it's just a fancy word that I love for someone who teaches themselves. <laughs> and I, um, I started learning about transits, which is when the planets as they're currently moving or they're moving at any point of time around the sky and how they're affecting a birth chart. In this case, studying my own, like letting me be my own first client. And I was studying different life events and looking up those life events um, to my birth chart. And the first one that I looked up was my dad dying. Cause that's the most significant thing that happened to me in the first part of my life. And sure enough, Saturn was exactly, um, on my son. So I've been aware that this was coming for a while. And honestly, was a little nervous about it, <laughs> understandably. <laughs> um, it was like, well, yeah, ouch. Like that was some constriction, Saturn ruling constriction on my light, my sun. Um, yeah, that really shut, shut the lights nearly all the way out for quite some time, quite some time. And, um, but, you know, I have, as you know, if you listen regularly, I have a, I have a personal cosmology that sees all the planets through the lens of love. And honestly, I think many people work with me and want to study with me, maybe most specifically because of the loving way that I speak about Saturn. Like I... I love Saturn. So as soon as Saturn moved into Pisces, it was it was like the best day ever. I just had the I just let all the fear around that just wash away. Just like I'm not afraid of Saturn. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> I'm so excited to go even deeper into understanding how even such a difficult experience is also part of Saturn's love. I'm someone that just wants to trust in things like that. So, um, 
Yeah, I'm really, really, really fucking excited about Saturn and Pisces, not just for me, but I really for all of us, like I just had this really intense feeling of like, it is Pisces time, y'all. It's Pisces time. Uh, And this gets me excited because I just feel that as a culture, as a people, as uh, humans, we deeply need to heal with Pisces the Pisces parts of all of us. We we really, really long for it. And I think Saturn's medicine for Pisces is going to be a kind of like consolidation of the power of Pisces in us. This is what it feels like to me. And I feel really like fucking serious about it, you know, like Saturn. Um, I feel really serious about this. I want it and I want to show up for however I can participate in a Saturn and Pisces healing revolution. So this is not going to be the last time that I talk about Saturn and Pisces, I am sure. But this is me at the front end um, naming some things that I would like to name Hmm. So one of the things that has been coming through for me about this topic is the importance of naming at the front that if you, if I, if we are serious about healing with our Saturn and with our Pisces, then naming that grief will be present feels really important. Um, I don't think that we can bypass grief in the process of coming into a deeper, more aligned, more alive, more creative and passionate relationship with these archetypes. Both of them hold a lot of grief for us. So it's like we can't like skip over that part to me, you know? The cracking open of the grief becomes the cracking open of the self-trust, of the power, of the direction, of the clarity of the coming home. Like, it's the same crack. It's the same crack. So, it's sort of like, you can stop listening now if you don't want to hear about grief. (laughs) Because that's going to be here. Like, so welcome. The Pisces in us grieves because... We experience a theft of innocence and a theft of wonder very early in our culture. And uh, wonder for me is this capacity to be like in a regenerative delight, in regenerative curiosity, in beauty, like beauty for me being one of the core aspects of wonder. Um, Our disconnection from our trust in wonder is like the core grief of Pisces in all of us. Because Pisces is the part of us that never runs out of wonder for all experience. And it is wonder that is, to me, one of the most essential 
qualities that we can carry with us to live in a world that has a lot of pain and violence and disappointment and grief. So Saturn, I think, is going to help us, I'm going to speak more about Saturn in a second, in the repair process, the repair process of restoring wonder. We need this. I'm taking this very seriously. (laughs) Pisces wants us to understand that the wonder that you seek is inevitable. Inevitable. It's on its way. It's already here. All the time. This is aliveness. Just said, <gasps> I can't believe it. Oh, you know, that is... It's inevitable. What does it what does it mean to you to feel into the wonder that I seek is inevitable? It can't wait to find you. All you do your job. This is your responsibility. Your responsibility is to be in a wonder practice all the time. Now, this does not mean bypassing Wonder does not mean not feeling or seeing harm and pain and what you don't like. Because actually, wonder is very high sensation. Wonder is a lot for the body. So wonder can be very destabilizing, which is why we are often numb to it now. And so... The invitation is to call in a wonder practice over this long window that we have in front of us. Taking responsibility for our wonder practice, which helps us to hold both the sublime and the beautiful along with everything else. I like to think about how, um, like, anesthesia, right, numbing, the and part um, is like taking out the aesthetics, the the uh, feeling that aesthetics, the aesthetics, the beauty, the beauty of wonder, that is feeling. That is opening yourself up to feeling. And we can have compassion for ourselves that somewhere along the way we began to learn to tune down the high sensation of wonder because we needed to tune down other sensations with it so together it all got tuned down. So if this is resonating with you, one of the things that I'm inviting you into is just to think about what that might mean to have a wonder practice in your life. That means being in a dream practice, in a beauty practice, in a possibility practice. Because part of wonder is like, I didn't think that this could be possible. <laughs> like, this can happen, you know, this kind of like, oh my gosh, (laughs) it is real that magic exists. (laughs) So, um, it's a childlike practice, you know, so it's a, it's a folding back into the one's life of the wonder child. Uh, It's a, it's a returning home of the magical child the magical child who sees the world that way always already she or he they didn't think it was safe well we just bring them back and show them that 
we are making a space for them. There is grief for the Saturn parts of us. There's grief that we have to be so, we feel so hard on ourselves. Like at some level, we don't want to feel so hard on ourselves. There's a grief that we don't feel so many of us like the authors of our lives. If you don't, if you feel disconnected from the authorship of your life, this is the grief that I'm talking about. Because Saturn actually wants you to feel that you are, but the Saturn principle can get turned in a way that we feel further away from it. When we're taught to internalize an external Saturn, like an authority figure, an authority voice, um, and this critical, shaming authority voice, this punishing voice, this voice that we're worried think is going to tell us there's something wrong with us, is going to tell us that we weren't good, that's going to tell us that we should have done it this other way. When we internalize this external Saturn voice, that isn't... That is a, that's not the real Saturn. That is not my Saturn. That's what we think Saturn's supposed to be according to culture. But we're not, we don't have to do that anymore, you know? <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I just don't, no, I'm not going to do that anymore, actually. I don't think I need to do that. I found a, I found another Saturn. I found a Saturn that wants me to be the author of my voice and doesn't want me to care about rules that are dumb. Um, and shoulds and worthiness stories that are oppressive and joy killing. No, that's actually not the Saturn that I'm going to choose to be in relationship with. But there's, there's, there's the grief for the years and for the time that we spent being so hard on ourselves. Like that's a real grief. And that brings in the grief that we feel with Saturn for our fear of time. Saturn being connected to time. And the way that we spend so many years being terrorized by a cultural view of time that like sets up this idea of a future potential self, this idea of potential that way out there in the future, if we could just like get in line and follow this program and stop being like this, like if we could just stop being like how we are now and move toward that potential self, then like, we would be worthy, you know? And this is just a total fantasy, this idea of potential that shames the present moment. It's designed to, for me, to control us so that we don't see how powerful that we already are right now all the time. As long as we can stay convinced that the present is shitty, then we will relate to the future based on this present time version of ourselves that we don't like. And then we're like in this really, really rough relationship with time. And that has become a rough relationship to the Saturn principle. And so at the beginning, then there's this kind of like grief to accept about releasing ourselves from this idea of a potential self. For many of us, this idea of a potential version of us is like soothing because it helps us think there's something besides what's here. And if we don't like what's here, we want to get into the vision of the potential you know, but this, 
I've come to see it doesn't work like that. Like, as long as we have that relationship to the present moment, we're, and as long as we're invested in a potential self that's different from present time self, it's just like an exhausting, depleting, joy killing uh, process that uh, we start to really buckle under the number of years we keep going that way. So I'm no longer interested in the word potential because I think that it's very harmful because it suggests that there's something wrong with the present moment. And the present moment is actually the only place that we have where we can create and where we, where we can love and where we can fuck and where we can eat and where we can dream. So <laughs> what Saturn told me is that we're always right on time right here and now that we belong to the moment we're in that there was an intelligence to the processes by which we in the past didn't have the tools that we and the conditions that we have now to become available to the next healing and reprogramming and magical move And it all begins with creating this place of protection, the space of protection in the present moment for sitting with Saturn and trusting in Saturn as a compassionate elder voice that is absolutely rooting for us all the way to the bone. I feel that Saturn authorship really comes from showing up to reprogram the evidence that you can't do it. Reprogram the evidence that you're a failure. Reprogram the evidence that, you know, if you would only, you know, rah, rah, rah. Saturn, it's like, it's this part of us where we have to grow our own authority because no one else is going to do it for us. And we do it in spite of and because of. the fact that there's there's all this evidence outside of us and inside of us not to trust ourselves but we do it anyway so it's kind of like this deal where like evidence isn't helpful here you know what i mean if you want to reprogram the present moment you have to surrender like whatever people told you about evidence that, you know, you're shitty or that you're bad. That means you may have to make your parents wrong. It means you, you may have to make that judgy person wrong about you. It will mean letting everyone have their own experience of you because Saturn wants you to trust in yourself anyway in spite of all of the evidence and in spite of like maybe people not believing in you. You know, and that is why ultimately the authority is to the bone because you grew it yourself. Now, this isn't the Saturnian isolation of like going it all alone because I do believe also that we grow Saturn so beautifully in community. And we grow Saturn so beautifully when we let people really witness us in this process and when we witness others in this process which is why it's through vulnerability that we really come into Saturn 
It's very humbling. And it's not an overnight process. You know, Saturn rules the long haul, the long game, the long way. It's not going to happen in a month or a six-week program, you know? It's just a constant showing back up no matter what the evidence was from yesterday. So I think that honoring the grief of all that's present with Saturn is the beginning, like that kind of stripping, stripping down to really be with yourself. And that vulnerability is a huge part of it. Um, Yeah, so I've been thinking about then, if we think about how Saturn is in astrology, limits, borders, structures, scaffolding, buttressing, bones, angularity. And if you think about how Pisces is the ocean, it's the infinite, it's vastness, it's unity, it's non-separateness. We're putting together two vibes you could say that are different but so compatible because Pisces that that possibility space that wonder space is so beautiful and so fun to be inside it's an immersive environment you know it's that's why music is very Piscean is because it's immersive And so Pisces says to, or Saturn says to the Pisces in you to invite in channels, to invite in uh, contours to the infinite so that you have a way to hold it and like do something with it, you know, to give it a direction, to give it a thrust, to give it a point of view. And so I've been thinking about this idea of contours and like thinking about this phrasing like contours of the infinite. And Instagram I posted, you cannot hold the infinite in both hands without limiting it somehow, right? So it's like if you want to hold the infinite, then you create limits. You create have to you you have to in order to hold it and really this is what human beings are like we are these limitless spirits inside of these limited bodies with limited time on the planet the greatest limitation of all is the fact that we're gonna die so saturn and pisces kind of to me naturally have this like point this poignancy the poignancy of the Piscean wish to just be unified with all things, to just be a river, to become a bird, to, to just dissolve into sound frequencies. Like we can really do that with our Pisces part fully. And also the Saturnian part of you is like, and you did choose to live in human bodies, so here's the deal. Like, you will die, and you will rot and uh, compost into the earth and be regenerated. So while you're, you have a pulse, um, like, what do you want to do here? Um, let's do things. Let's make things. Let's create containers of time and energy so that you can make something of your dreams to the Pisces. What are you dreaming of? Saturn wants to take your hand to the hand of the magical child, the magical child in you and say, well, what would you like to see? What would you like to see from this life? 
So of course, this is extremely exciting to me as a very Piscean person, because I have all kinds of opinions about that. And I'm in fact living it because I have a Saturn ruled moon that just turned on to support my Pisces instead of trying to shove my Pisces in a closet because it didn't feel very useful here on the planet. (laughs) Okay. But you know what Saturn says to Pisces? Okay, but here's the deal. I want you to have boundaries, right? Like Saturn asks the question of the Pisces in you, how porous, like, do you really want to be? Like, how porous is it really that helpful to be? You know? Seriously. The Piscean part of us can sponge it all up. We can sponge it everywhere we go, especially through Piscean channels like media. You know? Everywhere we go, we're just sponging it up. And Saturn's like, is that, is that super helpful though? Like, seriously. <laughs> Saturn's like, I want you all to learn how to have energetic boundaries, how to have psychic boundaries, how to come back into the body after mystical experiences, how to wake up after you've been sleeping how to slough off the presence of somebody else that you were just with and get into the business of your own creative practice. How to identify like, you know what? I think I'm carrying someone's mood right now. I think I'm suffering for someone that I don't even know. (laughs) Wait a second. No wonder I can't do the thing that I wanted to do. Like, this is not a problem. It's just about remembering the boundaries, remembering the practices that help us to come back home to ourselves and remember that it's not our job to manage other people's emotional experiences, that we can't save everyone. What we're here to do is let our gifts move through us. So that's a big one. Um, so that's like if Saturn does nothing else for the Pisces parts of people, um, learning how to become more confident, more self-protecting, more um, self-affirming, self-trusting in our boundaries, like that is the biggest, biggest, biggest thing. So many wondrously gifted humans avoid other people because they're afraid of their own boundary um, porosity issues. You know, I recently read porosity and I just think it's cooler than porousness, but I'm not sure it's a word. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I would this when I say this is Pisces time, I'm like wanting all the all the sensitive people, you know, all the empathic people, all the poorest people. I'm wanting like, I'm wanting everyone to really come into their tools, you know, their tools for caring for themselves as sensitive people and realizing that they have fucking superpowers and to be responsible for them by learning tools. And what this means is more and more and more people needing to talk about it because most people don't even realize that they're walking around porous because we don't teach energetic boundaries in schools. You know, it's not common. It's not talked about. It's not normalized. So I'm calling on a normalization of teaching energetic hygiene and boundaries and self-protection, self-care, Um, And having it not only be just like widely supported, but also respected, you know, and like, um, we really call out when people feel um, like it's not cool to want people to not have boundaries. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. I, I mean, in my channels and in my feeds, of course, people talk about this all the time, but I would like this to be like way more mass culture in this period of Saturn and Pisces. I also really think that Saturn is going to help uh, Pisces people to have sta- to name their standards, their standards and preferences, because these also are limits, you know, these are forms of limits. If you say like, you know, I would really prefer this, you are making a choice based on a preference or standard. And for the Pisces and for many like mutable type people, making choices is difficult because uh, it means you're destroying the possibility of all the other choices. And that can feel like death. I'm not even kidding. The word to decide means to cut away. So to decide, what I want is this. I've decided I've chosen this route or whatever. You're cutting away all the other possibilities. So it takes a lot of courage. And this is, this is a Saturnian gift. The courage to make decisions, to be the one who decides things for your life. That's authorship. I mean, what else is authorship? Seriously, like that's what authoring is, is making decisions about a story, right? (laughs) So like being the one who decides about your life is being the author of your life. And that makes Saturn very happy. And it is very, very good for the Pisces because the Pisces part of you can feel everybody else's preferences and everybody else's standards. And you know you're going to hurt somebody who wants you to do a different thing than what you want to decide to do. So this can really slow Pisces down from being in its power because it's catering to somebody else and letting other people's preferences and standards take precedence over your own. And what this is, to me, is like an inner child that's trying to keep yourself safe from the other person's displeasure in you, you know? So like so much, it's, there's a lot of inner child work here present with this invitation because we're building authority and there's lots of inner children inside of each of us that are very concerned about the safety in doing that if we got messages like it was our job to caretake how people feel about us and how people feel about the choices that we make. (laughs) Am I speaking to you? (laughs) I either am or I'm not, you know? (laughs) And it's not my job to caretake whether or not I'm speaking to you (laughs) in ways that, you know, resonate. (sighs) Yeah. I'm also thinking about the idea of limitations as being really powerful here too, because, you know, many of us feel this kind of grief at like having what we perceive as shortcomings or, um, blocks or, um, eccentricities or weird things about us that, um, will keep us from feeling like the authority that we want to be because people, because, because maybe we um, are comparing ourselves to the different limitations of other people. And we may think that there's something wrong with the way we have a limitation. There's something bad about it. Or there's something unworthy about it. And I'm feeling like, our limitations themselves help us to create those contours. If you think about like the limitlessness feeling of blank canvas, right? First of all, if you were to put that canvas on a frame, you are limiting it. Like when you decide its uh, proportions, you are making a choice that limits it. And then when you decide to mark it 
in some way. The color of the mark, the thickness of the mark, the placement of the mark, however you mark that canvas, you are now deeply limiting what it can be next. And everything you do after that is another limiting factor. But this is part of the creative process. This is part of the creative process. And what's so frightening about it is like, as you make each choice, you're cutting away and killing and destroying the possibilities that could have come forward. And in this way, all creativity is destruction. And then all destruction is creativity. This is very Piscean too, as Pisces is the last sign. And it gives itself over to rebirth with Aries. And so getting comfortable with the destruction and creation as it moves through your dream field is very much what Pisces is about. And Saturn can help you create those borders and also love, have compassion for, and unshame your relationship to your perceived limitations and begin seeing those as actually the fact, the very factors that set the tone for your gifts to move through. It's like, who told you those limitations were problems? Where in life did you learn that it was a problem? Because the Saturn work in this world is to reprogram those very things. That is Saturn work. That's why it's not easy. (laughs) That's why it's usually really uncomfortable and often involves a lot of grieving. Especially grieving the years that we were confused about our power. That's a real thing. Especially grieving the perceptions that we have of the people that we now realize were part of the creation of those illusions. (sighs) But one of the things we most fear, I think, is that people won't understand or like our limits and limitations. And this brings me to one of my favorite things about Pisces that I learned very early, like one of the first things I heard when I got my chart and I was like, I think I'm going to learn about this. And I've listened to some videos on Pisces and somebody said like Pisces needs to let people understand them, misunderstand them. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then that just took on this whole life inside of me. Just like, I can let people not understand me. What? (laughs) Because... I got the message that it's my responsibility to help people understand me. But like, oh, sweet inner child, like that's not possible because you can't make everyone understand you. And this is a big thing that's been rolling in. So here it is, is like, if someone's not understanding you, that's just the sign that you're not aligned with them. And this is not a problem because you're not here to be aligned with everyone all the time. You know, there may not be anyone on this whole planet that you're aligned with all the time. You know, it's just not a thing. And like, I'm the more I've gotten into this, the more I'm like, wow, I'm like, not understood by a lot of people. I think most people don't understand me. And I I think as a child, I knew that and it was terrifying, you know? Like, shit, I got to figure out how to be understandable. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Like, wow, I'm like really hard to understand. I can tell. (laughs) What do I need to do to edit myself to make me more understandable? And just like water it down, water it down, water it down, you know? Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's not what we're supposed to do, I don't think, anymore. Take it or leave it. But from what I can tell, our job is to get very clear with who we are and just allow people to not understand us. And that in turn helps us magnetize 
the people who are aligned with us because they are really getting it because the message has not been watered down, you know? And the healing work is in working with the inner children that are absolutely terrified of that process and helping our authorial Saturnian voice come through that is confident that we can do this and we can let everyone have their own experience of us. Hmm, It's a practice, you know, it's a practice. And I feel like I just keep learning new things on this and I look back and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. What I've been learning, that's amazing. And I'm still humbled all the time because new experiences just roll in where I see like, oh, I didn't know how to have boundaries in that kind of a situation or, oh, I was ceding my authority to other somebody else's preferences in that situation. And, you know, just keep learning um, and resourcing yourself, you know, find the teach, keep seeking the teachers and the tools to help you to um, learn the next wave We've got a nice period here with Saturn and Pisces to get really into it. Um, um, let me see if there was more that I wanted to talk about here. I think what has been strong on these two is this idea of like, Accepting, you know, I said that we would begin with grief and we'll end with grief. There is a lot of grief in healing. Like, because the people that you're in relationship with, your family, friendships, they may not be comfortable with the shifts um, that come from growing those boundaries and getting more comfortable in your authorial voice, you know? And it's like, wow, these are the consequences of self-care. Like the consequences of self-care or are that you you feel other people really uncomfortable. You can feel people like freaking out, thrashing, writhing, mean under the discomfort of watching you change, of feeling the contract that you have with one another evolve of not wanting this change at all, of like what it will mean for them if they don't have whatever was buttressing them about the way you used to be that's not there for them anymore. And like letting yourself not be responsible for managing other people's discomfort, um, that's a lot. You know, and, and, and there's a lot of grief in it because you're like, oh, I wanted healing to just be all wonderful. <laughs> I thought it was going to be amazing and, and it is amazing. But it's like, um, as you grow self-trust, sometimes people don't know where they belong in your life anymore. And there's, it's just such a compassion practice because it's compassion for yourself that you're doing something really hard and really beautiful 
and not easy. The easier thing would be to not change. Um, compassion for other people that they're on their own journey. And yeah, your strength will mean the their own awareness of where they don't feel healed or they don't feel strong. And letting people just have their own experience about all of that and letting it not be like your fault, not feeling guilty is, is so much, which is why I feel like the pace is slow and Saturn wants it that way, you know? Saturn is inviting a slow pace. When there's urgency in healing, I found from myself and from worth working with people, when there's urgency in healing, it's almost like a fear that, um, like, I'm in the mood right now. If I don't get healed right now, I may never heal, you know? I totally know that one. And what I learned is that this is also a Saturn problem because it's a a relationship to time being fucked up. You know, urgency is a fucked up relationship to time that comes from modernization, industrialization, and colonialism. And letting ourselves sit with the discomfort of that urgency and just let it be there and hold compassionately with the parts of ourselves that think it has to be now and sitting in that discomfort is actually the beginning of learning to grow capacity for a slower pace to healing a slower pace to showing up of trusting in the process and the cycles of the lunar process okay now I'm really feeling the wrap up coming because I'm going back to why are we doing this at the dark moon (laughs) Working with time through the loon, the la lune through the moon, um, is a really powerful co-regulating practice where you can allow your nervous system to get used to moon cycles as an alternative to time, different from the linear time of our colonial conditioning. And so when you just like, all I'm going to do is just let my body be with the moon and I'm just in moon time. I'm going to practice moon time. I'm just, I'm just in this cycle. This is the cycle I'm doing right now. I'm just paying attention to this cycle. Not going to worry about way over there. (laughs) It helps rewire the whole system to trusting and cycle and process as being what is natural and what is nature. And we are nature. So we are actually cycle. And the body deeply remembers this. And so living in cycle to me is a gift. It's one of the many gifts of the sky the cosmic body to all of us living here now as we're remembering how to how to be in these bodies and come home to ourselves Hmm, that's feeling like the end so sending love to all let me know how you felt about the episode if you've never left a review please leave a review i would really appreciate it It helps people find me, and it's just really fun to receive. Um, Yeah, I didn't share any personal things going on, but I'll just do that on a future episode. Before I close, I'm going to dedicate this episode to my dear Matt Bull, whose birthday is today on the Pisces side of the equinox. Happy birthday, Matt.